You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Before we start, we have a, a few things to go over. Some of you were with us a couple of weeks ago when we did our fall festival. Uh, it was a, a fantastic evening. The weather was beautiful. We got to spend some good time with our church family. And, and during that time, some of you made your way to the gym and enjoyed the chili cook-off. And that was more than just delicious chili. There were bragging rights online. We have some winners from the chili cook-off that we want to recognize. Uh, first of all... Our best team name went to the Monday Night Men. Their team name was Chili Chili Bang Bang. Let's give them a hand. And we had a dual winner for best booth and best chili. It went to... The Spice Girls, you might know them as Robin Skidmore and Paige Gallimore. And we love the opportunity to come together, enjoy each other's company, uh, experience the, the friendship and the fellowship we have in this church. And we have another opportunity for that coming up. Next Sunday, after the service, is our Thanksgiving feast. Uh, We would love to see all of you there. If you're not already registered to go, if you haven't signed up, you can do that through the church app, or you can go to sciferchristian.org and and register to be there. Uh, There's opportunities to bring desserts and sides. Even if you can't do that, we want you to join us. We would love to just have a great afternoon with the church family. We also want to say thank you to another group of people today. Um, It is Veterans Day. Thank you to all that have served. If, If you're in the room right now and you're a veteran of our armed forces, would you stand up so we can honor you and thank you? Just have all our veterans stand up. Thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. We appreciate it. We started by talking about the fall festival. And if you were here for that and and you made your way into the foundation center, you may have heard some really talented kids singing. And if you stayed to the end, you may have heard uh, Theresa singing. She's a friend of mine. She's an amazingly talented individual. And she brought her students here. And when she was singing... We had more than one people come up to me and say, why doesn't she sing in church? Well, she does all over, and today she gets to join us for worship. So please turn your attention to my friend Theresa for the call to worship. Hi, how are you guys doing today? Good. I was, um, was going to read a passage out of uh, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you would join me in prayer. Lord, you humbled yourself to the point of utter humiliation. You are the perfect example of humility and obedience. Jesus, forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for forever wanting the attention or the recognition or the praise. I want your humility to flow in and through me, through us, God. We can't hide our hearts from you. 
If there's anything that's not in line with your will, I want you to show it to us, God. Reveal it to us today. Reveal it to us now. As we sing and as pastor speaks, I pray for us to be completely emptied of ourselves. That we be empty vessels for your spirit and your word to flow through. Jesus, break our hearts today for you were broken for us. Give us courage. Give us the courage to take steps of obedience for you are obedient to the Father. And now I can have eternal life for it. Thank you, God. We are a blessed people, are we not? A blessed, blessed, blessed people. Um, As we prepare our hearts to worship through giving, just a few items that we want to pray about, peoples that we want to pray for, and also um, just thank God for what he's doing in and through Cypher Christian Church. Um, First of all, we want to pray for those families that have been impacted by the shootings in California. Such a a sad, sad situation. We want to pray for um, over 20,000 families that have had to evacuate um, from Paradise, California because of new wildfires there um, that have just cropped up this week. Um, Can you imagine a whole city, small city, having to evacuate um, because of fires? Um, Very, very um, tragic situation. Uh, You know, it's not been that long ago um, when Houston was turned upside down by Hurricane Harvey, right? Right? And you know, many people after the storm It seems like there's no longer talk about the disaster. You know, people, we remember what it was like, the struggle, the difficulty, the cleanup, the wait for many families. Families are cleaning up still in Florida. Families are cleaning up still in North Carolina. Uh, We want to lift up um, those in California, those in Florida, those in the Carolinas, or who are going through great heartache still yet today. My prayer is that the body of Christ, the body of Christ might be conformed to the image of Christ, that it might be raised up, that it might mature and reach the full stature of Christ in order that the body, we together, might be the hands of and feet of Jesus. You know, it's not been that long ago since churches across the country sent help to our people, literally to our church, to this city. We have been blessed to be a blessing. I'm telling you, I want to remind you are blessed today. You're not blessed to hoard the blessing, but you're blessed to be a blessing. Cypher Christian Church has recently sent out over $6,000 of disaster relief funds to help people in need just like they sent resources to us. We are a blessed people. Our vacation Bible school was fantastic this summer. Our student ministry is growing, had some fantastic, the students had fantastic camp experiences this this summer. Our life groups continue to mature, to develop, to grow, and lives are impacted for God's kingdom. Fun events like the Fall Fest that just happened where over 70 families were guests of our church, first time guests here on this campus. We're blessed to be a blessing. Guys, we don't talk about a very often um, our deficit, 
It's not huge compared to last year's deficit, but we have to finish strong each year so that we can continue to be a blessing to a world in need. Just a, a um, one blessing is we touch the world for Christ. Not about Jordan, not about Mathari Valley, right? Not about Catania, Sicily, but Lyon, France. Greg and Donna have reached the need so that they can leave for France. They will be leaving one week from tomorrow. Isn't that awesome? Father, we thank you for your blessings. Father, you own everything. Father, we are not in need of resources. You are in need of investors in your kingdom. You've given us all we need to build your kingdom. You've given us all we need to be a blessing to our community, to our region, to our world. Father, we are blessed and you have blessed us. You are our great God. And we worship you today through giving. We will worship you this month and this year as we move to the end of 2018. We commit to worship you through giving. We worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, we come to you this morning and we pray that you would inhabit the praises of your people. We embrace the move of your spirit in this place. We embrace your presence in this place. Lord God, speak to our hearts. Pierce our innermost souls, Lord, that you might move and change us. We know that we are a new creation, Lord, but we still fight against temptation. We still face struggle. We still face um, the consequence of sin. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be present among us here today as we seek to follow Jesus and to follow him strongly and to follow him boldly. And Lord God, we ask that uh, your voice would be heard over all of the other voices in our minds and our hearts, all of the other distractions, all of the other um, obstacles, all over all of the the different voices that are trying to to gain and garner our attention, Lord, we ask um, that you would quiet them so that our hearts and our souls are still before you and we can hear your still small voice, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit, amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to see all you guys today. Well, this morning we continue in our series entitled Sent on the book of Acts. Last week, Dale preached from the scripture where we learned of the first martyr, Stephen. Um, this man who, who laid down his life for the call of Christ. The word martyr comes from the word martis in Greek, which means witness. And so Stephen actually became the first ultimate witness of Jesus Christ. He became the first to witness unto death. And Stephen, as he's lying there under this heap of rocks, Saul who would go on to write most of the New Testament, 
stands in the background holding a stone in his hand, gleeful about it. His desire is to squelch this movement of followers of the way. And it would appear that this would be a good first step in doing that. But as it turns out, what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. Because with the persecution of the early church, remember they were meeting together, they were, they were in fellowship together, they had all things in common, they were loving one another. Thousands, multitudes were being added to their number daily. But with the persecution now closing in on the first century church, they're sent out. Scattered. And you would think it would actually undermine what's, what the, the power and, and the, the, the unity that they have. But in actuality, this dispersion actually accomplishes the mission of the church. They are sent out people. In the 237 years of the United States, we have enjoyed quite a bit of comfort here. And I want to say this. The church has enjoyed a great deal of comfort within the boundaries of the United States, within the freedoms, actually, that many of the veterans here um, sacrificed for. Many lives were sacrificed for. In 2009, I went to a, uh, a youth conference in India, traveled with a, a mission team here, and we traveled to central India. Uh, CICM is one of the mission organizations that we support, and we went to Demo, India to hold a, a, uh, a youth conference there for the high school and college-age students there at that time. And it was amazing. I, there was so much passion that these people had left behind. Actually, they hadn't left behind, but they had been actually cut off from their families for accepting Christ, for following him. They had been ostracized. They had been disowned by their very family members for the call of Christ. And they were there worshiping about 800 to 1,000 of them in this one room, worshiping the Lord together. It was this beautiful experience. And on the outskirts of this conference ground that we were on, you could actually hear the, the Hindu extremists who were uh, protesting what was happening there on the grounds at that time with their megaphones and their music blaring, trying to overcome what was happening there on the grounds. But we were undaunted these students had such fire and such passion for the Lord. And there was a moment after, uh, in one of the breakout sessions, where we were each teaching about the armor of God in these little small groups. And we had a few minutes left over at the end, and our, 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 our time was spent there with questions and answers. You know, we're from Texas, and they wanted to hear uh, about the United States or how we live out our faith or those kinds of things. And w- in one of these small group sessions, one of our, 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 our group leaders from our team here at Cypher Christian Church was asked this question. A hand on the back went up, and she said yes. And he spoke uh, in his his language, and a translator translated and asked this question, how are you persecuted in the United States? How are you persecuted in the United States? Some of these people had been beaten. Some of these people knew, knew folks who had been killed for their faith. They'd been disowned. They'd been, they'd been left all on their own. And had it not been for the church to sort of embrace them and care for them, these people would have nothing. And they ask, how are you persecuted in the United States? I'm still haunted by that question. Um, that was in 2009. But I will tell you that we, we, we aren't. We aren't persecuted uh, to the degree that they are for sure. But that was in 2009, and I want to tell you that the tide is changing. The culture around us is changing, and as the church is pushed more and more to the margins of society, as it it is, is is oppressed and it costs more to be a follower of Jesus, the church is going to thrive. 
History tells us that when the church is under great persecution, it thrives. And that's going to happen sooner or later here in the United States. And so James, as James says in James 1, he starts off his letter, he says, count it all joy, brothers and sisters. As you face trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect so that you are complete and lacking in nothing. Do not be afraid to stand up for the call of Christ. I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter eight. We're gonna start in verse 26. We learned of seven men that were chosen by the apostles to serve the widows that were um, being neglected there in the community of that first church. And Philip was among these ordinary men, okay? These aren't the professional Christians. Philip was among the the Greek-speaking ordinary people there that was chosen to help serve those women. And now, because of the dispersion, because of the scattering of the disciples, he now finds himself, in the beginning of chapter 8, in Samaria, a place despised by the Jews. And what does he do? He proclaims the gospel to them in love. And these people who are despised, many, many, many of them come to know Christ and are are baptized. And it says that the lame walked and that spirits were cast out. And the gospel is spread throughout this region. And in verse 26, it starts and it says this, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. In verse 27, the beginning of it, he says, and he rose and went. Now, wouldn't that be nice? Don't you, don't you want this kind of sign from the Lord? Don't we pray for these kinds of neon signs that drop, these messengers that come? Lord, I, you know, I just pray if you want me to ask her out, God, just make this light turn green right now. Those kinds of things. Don't we want those kinds of signs from the Lord? It would be so nice if we had these kinds of of uh, messages that come from the Lord. But I want you to notice what the messenger doesn't tell Philip here. It's very convenient that he, he appears to him and speaks to him, but notice what he doesn't tell him. He doesn't tell him why. He doesn't tell him why he's gonna go to this desert place, a barren place without water. I mean, this is a, a completely desolate place he's being called to. God doesn't give him a step-by-step plan to execute, much like Abraham, the forefather of our, our faith. He hears the message and he just goes without knowing why. He only knows he's being sent. And yet, what is his response? What is his response? He rose up and went. This is what it means to walk in the Spirit to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit involves direction, dependency, and dedication. When we walk, when we walk, we do so because we're headed somewhere, right? You have a purpose. You have a goal. You have a destination. You have a direction that you're going. And then with one foot in front of the other, we begin to shift our weight putting all of our weight on one leg at a time, this is dependency. This is trusting in that step. Having faith in this leg that we're going to be able to take that step. And then what do we do? We continue, continue to take these steps. One step alone is not walking. We must step over and over and over again. This is dedication. And these three things, direction, dependency, and dedication are just as necessary in our spiritual walk. If you have Christ, you have the spirit of God living within you. Just embrace that truth this morning. Just receive that truth, the spirit of the living God living within you. And so I want to ask you this morning to where or to, to what Or to whom is the Spirit of God leading you right now? 
And in Philip's case, this spirit was leading him to a divine appointment that he didn't know about. And so in verse 27, in the second half of it, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, this man was. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now, a couple of things here. First of all, the, the, the country, or uh, what we would call the country of Ethiopia, were actually called uh, the Cushites. It was the, the region of Cush back in biblical times, and this would have been considered the end of the earth. And at that time, in the context of the world, this was the far regions of the earth. And so this is sort of an exotic thing here, this, this, uh, this idea that a, a person from this far-off country would encounter Philip. Philip would encounter him. And this witness to the Ethiopian that we're about to see is a foreshadowing of the fulfillment of Christ's mission to go in all the earth. And we're gonna, we're gonna read about that here in just a second. But the second thing was that he was a eunuch, okay? Uh, so a, this could mean two things. This could mean, one, that he was a trusted royal official, uh, that he was, in a sense, for the, the, the queen of the Ethiopians, he was like the minister of the treasury. He was um, the treasury secretary, and he was referred to as a eunuch as a, 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 in, a, in a particularly prominent position. And so that might be one reason he's referred to as a eunuch. The other reason... Um, the other reason uh, might be that because he was entrusted or he was in charge over uh, a group of women, he was uh, <clears throat> emasculated, shall we say. You mind if we just move on from this? <laughs> just, we'll just sort of make a note of that and just sort of move on. So scripture indicates that he was probably a God-fearing man. This was a God-worshipper. This was a, he, he, was, he was one who recognized and feared the Lord, but because of his status as a Gentile and um, a eunuch, he was not allowed to enter into the inner courts of the temple to worship. And so there he sits, he's reading, and he's trying to understand the book of Isaiah. And what's really interesting about this is that it was a book that was particularly important for eunuchs, because in his work, the prophet describes the future, which promises eunuchs will be given a name better than sons and daughters, and an everlasting name that will never be <clears throat> cut off. Verse 29. In Acts chapter 8, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. And so here again, the Spirit of God speaks to Philip, and again, he only gives him the first step. Again, he only, he doesn't tell him why, he just gives him, he doesn't tell him what he's going to say as he walks up to this man. He just tells him to go over to the chariot, and what is Philip's response this time? He ran. This time, he runs. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearers, is silent, so he opens not his mouth. And in his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? This is the song of the suffering servant in Isaiah. And so then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Do you have a friend that you have been meaning to interact with that God has placed on your heart? Do you have, maybe there's a person that you've been 
wanting to, to do something for, to serve them in a way that's either, either known or, or anonymous? Do you have something that you know that God has led you to do? Do you have a, maybe a new coworker that you know is, is struggling? Maybe a, a, a family member who doesn't know the Lord and it's been burdening your heart? Is there a spiritual conversation that you know that you need to have with a person in your life that you're being called to do? If so, it could be that God is up to something and that you have a chariot awaiting you. (laughs) That a chariot is waiting for you to walk up and to engage in this conversation. A couple of weeks ago, we said that God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your what? Availability, right? Theresa reminded us of this this morning. He's not looking at your gifts and your talents. He's looking at your willingness to be obedient. And look at how Philip's availability leads to this spiritual conversation. It is our responsibility as Jesus followers, as followers of the way, to proclaim the good news to the least, to the last, and to the lost. It is our responsibility, and the Spirit is speaking to you. The living God living within you is speaking to you. Are you making room for his voice? Are you, more than that, are you willing to be obedient to what he's asking you to do? A missional church is comprised of this kind of people, people like Philip, the same spirit-led kind of people like Philip. And this is the kind of church that CFCC aspires to be. A people who are sent out. This is not a landing pad. It's a launching pad for us to go out. The, the, the primary place for us to make disciples is not within these walls. It's outside these walls. And for most of you, it's in your workplace. Or it's in your home. With your family. Or with your neighbors. The Lord, if we are willing, the Lord will direct us. But we we must be like Philip, willing to obey. Now, here's the thing. Philip could have come up with lots of different excuses. There in Samaria, the church there was exploding. These people who were far off from God, who were despised and rejected by the Jews, were coming to know Christ. And if there was any common sense, conventional wisdom, would have said, Philip, stay here, man. Things are successful The Lord is moving here. Yet Philip went as he was directed. And what happens next in this story is only more evidence that the encounter was spirit-led. Check this out. And as they were going along the road, in the desert, desolate wasteland, mind you, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus and he passed through, as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Dude was swept up by the Holy Spirit and taken to a completely different place. And when the Ethiopian eunuch came out of the water and it came away from his eyes, Philip wasn't there and he just... He just says, praise the Lord. (laughs) He just keeps on going. He goes on his way rejoicing. Doesn't even stop him. We don't know a whole lot about what happened to the Ethiopian eunuch after this moment. But what we know according to church fathers is that he became a missionary to Ethiopia. This Ethiopian eunuch was sent out. And as so, he was, he was fulfilling a, a, a prophecy that even the far off regions of the earth 
that even Ethiopia would open its arms and embrace the Lord as a savior. And in this, this little interaction that Philip has with the eunuch, he asks Philip a very important question that, that I believe may be burning in the hearts of some of you here today. And that is, what is preventing me from being baptized? What is preventing you from being baptized if you are a believer in Jesus and you have not taken that step? I want to ask you today. I just want to be blunt with it. What is preventing you? Is it lack of water? Is it, is it fear? Is it maybe a lack of knowledge of the Bible? Not knowing enough? This this Ethiopian eunuch believed in Jesus and immediately was baptized. What is preventing you from accepting the Lord and being baptized? There's nothing more than we'd, we'd want to celebrate than that today. You know, when, when we are baptized, as we are baptized, the idea is that we have gone in public to declare that we are wedded to another, Jesus Christ. And so you would find it odd if a husband and wife were married, that husband said, you know, I'm willing to, to eat dinner with you here tonight, but not in public. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to watch a movie here at home or to have a spiritual conversation with you at, at home, but I really don't want to be seen with you in public. That's offensive. It's an insult in some ways. And I would go so far to say that it is the same with Christ. He desires that not only would we have this relation with him in private, but that we'd go into public and declare it in front of everyone that we are his. Amen? This is the same for for us in baptism. It's the same in Christian witness. And so what can we learn from from this passage? And I want to pose to you this. There are several different themes. We could have spent a lot of time on the chapter uh, of Acts, chapter eight of Acts. But one of the themes that I want to draw from this today is that our effectiveness as disciples starts with obedience to the spirit. Our effectiveness, if we are going to cultivate Disciples, that's the mission of Cypher Christian Church. Jesus has called us to go out and to make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if we're gonna be effective right here in our own community, much less in the world, then our effectiveness is gonna start with obedience to the Spirit. The Ethiopian followed Jesus' example of obedience and was baptized, yes? But I want to back up even a step further. In Philip's, his spirit-led boldness on this desert road opened the door for this spiritual conversation. It opened the door for the word of truth and for this man to, to see and be revealed the truth about Scripture and to accept him. And We often hear that the key to personal witness is spirit-led boldness or some kind of version of that. And a lot of us think that it's a gift. It's something that, that, well, I don't have. He has the gift of evangelism or he has the gift of speech or they've got a really powerful story. Mine is just sort of mundane and boring. There's not much to it. It's not dramatic. We believe that 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 the spirit-led boldness is a gift. But in reality, the spirit-led boldness begins, it begins with a decision to be obedient to the call of witness. None of us just start out being, having this spirit-led boldness. It begins with a decision to be obedient. And God is faithful every step of the way. Every engagement, every conversation, every moment, every breath, God is faithful to fill in the gaps and to provide for us the words and the wisdom and the actions to take. 
If we take the first step of obedience, the Spirit is going to guide us and equip us with boldness. We get it in reverse. We believe that we're just supposed to start with boldness. No, you start with obedience. Most of us probably have tons of stories. If you're anything like me, you have tons of stories where you missed opportunities. You knew that the Lord was speaking to you. You knew that he was whispering something in your ear. You knew that you should have taken action. You had an opportunity there, but you missed it. Many of us do. And many of us as well have stories of those moments where we did take that step and we were obedient. And there's nothing more fulfilling than than feeling the presence of God and the approval of God that you're right in the middle of his will, you're right where he wants you and you do right what he asks you to do. So the problem has nothing to do with our giftedness. It has to do with obediently following the Holy Spirit's leading. You don't need an angelic messenger. You don't need an angel to appear before you. You don't need a neon sign to drop down in front of you. You don't have to hear his voice audibly. Jesus has already made it plain. Matthew 28. And you know what? If you've heard this too much at Sci-Fair Christian Church, I'm sorry I'm not sorry. Matthew 28. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, he says, I am with you. In those moments, in those gaps, in those places of fear, I am with you. When you don't know what to say, when you don't feel qualified enough, when you don't feel smart enough, when you don't feel like you have enough wisdom or maturity, when you don't feel like your story is dramatic enough, when you don't have the finances, to, to, to the margin to, to meet this need, but you know God is calling you to it in faith, God says, I am with you. Jesus says, I am there with you. Behold, I am with you. Always to the end of the age. And so obedience for us to the great commission of Jesus, that's the great commission. That is what we are called to do. That's why CFCC exists, is to cultivate disciples all over the world and right here in our own cubicle space, right here in our own little zip code. This is what we are called to do. And our obedience to that great commission and to the leadings of the Spirit is the key that unlocks the release of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it transforms us into being bold witnesses for the gospel. Will you pray with me? Lord God in heaven, forgive us for where we lack the boldness where we stand in fear. Remind us, Lord, that we are no longer slaves to that fear. That our obedience will lead us to a spirit-led, a spirit-emboldened witness. May we be people who take deliberate steps of faith, not knowing all of the the details of the plan, the step-by-step plan to execute the mission that you have out before us, but may we be a people like Philip, like Abraham, and so many others in scripture who took that step of faith, we so often, Lord, when you call us to do something, we are looking forward into the darkness, into the abyss. And and Lord, Philip and Abraham and these men, when you called them to take a step forward, they were moving forward, Lord, but they were looking backward at you. They were looking backward at all that you had been faithful in. 
And so, Lord, as we take these steps, may we not have fear of the future, but may we look back to your faithfulness in all of the trials and tribulations and difficulties and struggles. And and may that give us, Lord, the faith to trust you with the next step. May we be an obedient people, Lord, a spirit-led people. This is the kind of people that we aspire to. Strengthen us, God. Speak to us. May we encourage one another. May we share stories of, of these small steps of faith, and may they be an encouragement to one another. And may we be emboldened the more and more that we do it, Father. We want to be effective for you. We want to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. Use us, oh God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask our communion servers to come forward and our prayer partners to get in place. And we're gonna celebrate what's central to our faith, what's central to our, our worship service every single Sunday at CFCC. We celebrate communion every week and we do so by dipping the bread into the cup. The server will say, this is the body of Christ broken for you as they deliberately break it off. This homemade piece of bread that was baked and prayed for especially for you and they're gonna say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And then you'll dip it in the cup and the person will say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. I wanna encourage you this morning um, to consider being obedient to Jesus. Maybe he's calling you to do something right now. Maybe he's calling you to a place right now. Maybe he's calling you to a person right now. Maybe he's calling you to do something right now. And I want you to consider being obedient to the spirit. He is faithful and he will provide for you. I also want you to consider if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior or you have not been baptized this morning, we want you to come forward and to accept Jesus and to pray and accept him and be baptized. I've been baptized um, in Lake. Amen. In Indiana. But since I've been in the hospital, the Lord has spoke to me several times and is leading me to write things. And um, with you speaking about baptism, like an altar call is easier. It's easier on the people. I know it was easier on me than go, oh, I need it, I need it. Have an altar call. Hmm. Well, you know, I'll have pray. Hmm. I mean, there's nobody... that I know that is as gifted as me. I've had cancer twice in two different places. I had to lose part of a lung because I smoked. Um, I've been in and out of the hospital for probably the last five years. Come to find out, I ended up with a valve replacement. I'm getting back up on my feet the way I should be, but I'm still not allowed to do a lot of things, but I'm doing it. I'm writing every day. Um, I don't know what it's going to turn into. I have no idea. But you're being obedient. I'm being obedient, and I... I I feel like we as a church need to have altar calls and have our prayer partners and other people just help pray. That's what we're doing right now. Would you guys be obedient? Just like Patsy, just taking small steps of faith. It's not dependent on your abilities. 
It's not dependent on your giftedness, no matter how gifted you are. The Lord is gonna be with you. And so I encourage you this morning to take a step of faith. Our prayer partners are up here to pray with you, to accept Jesus, to be baptized. Maybe God's calling you to something else and you need prayer, you need to be strengthened and encouraged. Our prayer partners are gonna be up here to pray with you and we wanna celebrate this decision with you this morning. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion and as we do, take advantage of this time and make a decision to be obedient today, amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and we celebrate it here now in this moment, God. Um, For those who have not tasted the mercy of Jesus, I pray this morning that they would make a decision. Uh, I pray for those who, who have decided or, or, or are choosing, uh, trying to figure out whether or not they should be baptized, I pray that this is the morning that that decision is made, Lord. We celebrate your mercy and your grace. Give us the strength, Lord, to be an obedient people. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Come forward. So we'll end the service like we began. Philippians chapter two, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even death on a cross and therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Lord be with us as we go we are a sent people may we be a blessing to your name and a blessing to the people we encounter for the sake of the call of Jesus Christ. We praise you, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. God bless you.